Welcome to Wrestling Nostalgia. I'm your host, Dave Dynasty. Thank you for joining us and uh, being patient with us, because I know this episode was due out, uh, uh, what, two weeks ago, I believe? I don't know. Had a lot going on, busy schedule, just crazy crap going on, and it caused a delay. I am truly, truly sorry. But as a thank you for your patience, what we're doing, if you saw on social media, you already know this, what we're doing is we're releasing three episodes in, at one. Right, we had a poll out there of which interview you wanted to hear: Jerry Jarrett, Rip Rogers, or Larry the Axe Henning. Now, Jerry Jarrett won the poll and was going to be the interview that we did. But as a thank you for your patience, you know what? We're going to put three episodes out. We're going to put all three out, so anybody that voted and anybody that cared is happy. At least I hope. So consider this an early Christmas present <laughs> and a special thank you for your patience and for listening to our show. Uh, so. You know, that's that's the what's where we stand, right? We've got three episodes, three great interviews with three legendary people from the wrestling business. And on this episode, you're going to hear our interview with the legendary wrestler and trainer, the hustler, Rip Rogers, a Midwest legend uh, from the a town very close to the town that I'm from. He's from Seymour, Indiana. I'm from Columbus, Indiana. They're just minutes apart. Uh, this is a great interview. Sometime I, I just may have to put some of the, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, outtakes from this interview. Because, I mean, we talked 10 to 15 minutes before I even uh, introed in for the show. So it's some great stuff. Uh, but, you know, everybody knows Rip has his ways. Rip's colorful and uh, always entertaining. So let's go right to it. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have that interview with Rip Rogers. So stick around. Be sure to follow the Dynasty Wrestling Podcast Network and all of the participating podcasts on social media. The easiest way to find us is on Twitter. You can follow the network at WrestlePods, and you can find all the individual shows at their Twitter accounts. You can find the Wrestling Nostalgia Show at Wrestle Nostalgia, the Ring of Ding Dong Dandy Podcast at Stampede Pod, and the Wild Men Podcast at Wild Men Podcast. Also search us on Facebook for pages and groups participate, interact, join the network, and be a fan. Thank you for your support. All right, and we're now being joined by the one and only, the hustler, Rip Rogers. Rip, how are you doing this evening? Well, you know how I'm doing. I was working out three hours at the gym, and you call my old ass up. <laughs> and I, you, know, you know, and I'm talking shit on the phone and stuff, so I have to go take you to my house. So I'm sitting here in the bedroom now. We're all plugged up, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, I've shit, I've shit, showered, shaved, got my workout in, and my stomach's growling. But you can't have everything, so I'm I'm ready to uh, uh, go into Dave Land and yep. we'll just talk shit. All right, sounds good. So for the listeners, we had Rip on back in episode I think it's 41. So I'd urge everybody to go back and listen to that. He talks about his career, tells a lot of stories. But today we're going to talk about the state of pro wrestling because, as everybody knows, Rip's got a, a can't miss Twitter account, and he he talks about this all the time. And you never hold back with your knowledge and your opinions. And on top of that, Rip, you've now literally written the book on pro wrestling, along with Caleb Hall. I mean, it is literally called the book on pro wrestling, Lessons from Rip Rogers. So let's first of all, Rip, let's tell me how did that how did that book come about? And, and you and, and you and Caleb putting that book together. Well, here now this is the hell's rib, Dave. Now, now this thing, I'm sitting here now, Caleb. Now he used to have the Dubai uh, pro wrestling school in Dubai. I taught him at OVW for years, years and years ago. And he used to be with on the Mat Rats 
that Bischoff had years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he had uh, the one that's married to Natalie, the the guy that's got the, had the neck injury oh, and yeah, the neck surgery. T.J. Wilson. Uh, and then, yeah, and yeah. Teddy Hart was in there. Yeah. And uh, I love Teddy to death. He's just wow. <laughs> Let's just say he's he he's unique. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a young Rip Rogers, but, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, Let's see. Oh, yeah. Now, now, Caleb, so he started texting me stuff. And I'm going, who the hell is this? He goes, this is Vince Prince. <laughs> yeah, I said, what? I said, what? in Dubai? I said, what you do? Well, in the meantime, what he'd done, he had got married once, twice, three times, what the hell. <laughs> and he and he was he was over in Dubai uh, hitting women, doing whatever, and running a, a wrestling thing. So now he's, he's moved back to Louisville because he's got a house and a condo there. He said, hey, you care if I do this book on you? I said, well, hell, Brian Alvarez wanted to do one on me for years, you know, and I never sat down with him and whatever. He says, no, all, all he's done is he's took all these tweets I did for about the last five years <laughs> and put them in a book and sort of categorized them. So, in other words, it was already written. That's right, yeah. He said, now, he said, now send, me about, send me some pictures. So I sent him a bunch of pictures. So, in other words, I didn't invest one penny. <laughs> And then within about three weeks, he sent me a, a, a couple copies, and they had my my name, my, my real name spelled wrong, and Lanny Popo's name spelled wrong. <laughs> Everything else, uh, if it was spelled wrong, I didn't give a shit, right? Yeah. So, and then uh, I've been selling books at Amazon, and I got some down at Seymour, at the at the brewery there, mm-hmm. Seymour Brewing Company down on Second Street. So I didn't spend any money. And uh, he and he's the author, or whatever, right? Yep. And he didn't write really write anything. He just took <laughs> what I put in on tweets and shit. But it's but but it's what it is is it's so. If you were a wrestler, it would really help you to. It, it makes you understand shit on a uh, an elementary level. It's broken down. Yeah. If you were a fan, you can enjoy wrestling more because you can start looking for this stuff. And it and it's talk it's it's mostly old school stuff or when they do stupid stuff like uh, oh being buried he ain't buried they lost a motherfucking game <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ uh, I remember the goddamn New York Giants won the Super Bowl and they was fucking wild uh, wild card team to get in or whatever they barely had a winning record if even had that yeah get in there win the goddamn Super Bowl because it's a game it's a contest it's a sport yep. Right. People don't always goddamn win. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. <laughs> They're not fucking buried. We, yeah. As soon as people start talking buried and, and move set, I know you're a fucking mark. <laughs> Excuse me, you're a fucking mark. That's right. Getting on the internet, thinking you know shit, you don't do fuck all. <laughs> I've been at this shit over 40 goddamn years, making fucking money at it, being owners, being fucking bookers doing this shit and I never went to a goddamn wrestling school but I were trained by all these old motherfuckers that knew what they was doing that's right and they had to know what they was doing because we wrestled 350 days a year <laughs> right it wasn't like we was a fucking indie darling and hoped to have eight shows a fucking month against some other indie fucking darling that's just as stupid as me you can't <laughs> help it if you're fucking stupid because you don't you can't get experience no when I got in, I'm 22, working with 40-year-olds. I'm working with Randy Orton's goddamn grandpa. Yep. And they make you, they say, no, let's not do that. We don't have to. 
and like a little mark, I was sitting there with my, my lip pouted out. Well, I didn't get my flying head scissors in. I wanted to get my drop. He said, did they scream the whole time? Yeah. He said, did you break a sweat? I said, no. He said, did you get hurt? He, I said, no. He said, I didn't either. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the game, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of stupid stuff, <laughs> you've said many times online, you talk about how everything now, and you just mentioned that, everything's high spots and dives and all this and that. There's no emotion, no work in the crowd. Yeah. It, it, do you think that at this point of the game, is that even something that can be fixed? Can that even be turned around at all at this point? Sure it can. Everybody in the industry, if if I'm a kid and uh, I want and I'm basketball, I want to be Dr. J, I want to be Michael Jordan, I want to be Elton Baylor, I want to be Oscar Robertson. That's what I emulate as a kid growing up playing basketball. If I'm uh, if I'm a kid watching baseball, I want to be Mickey Mantle, I want to be Roger Maris, I want to be Willie Mays, I want to be Frank Robinson, I want to be Ted Williams, I want to be Babe Ruth. You imitate the best. If I'm playing football, I want to be Jim Taylor. I want to be Jim Brown. I want to be Bart Starr. I want to be uh, or Joe Namath. I'm dating myself, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. If that's what you want to do, you you imitate the stars that are in the major leagues. So when they see somebody on on uh, WWE doing a stupid fucking dive, everybody there is going to do a fucking dive. Every match has got to have a. Uh, Oh, how many super kicks will we slap her fucking leg like fucking idiots? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're cool. Cool moves. What's fucking cool move? It ain't no goddamn big move. A big move would fucking beat you. Oh, we yeah. got to have 99 fucking false finishes. Shit like that years ago, i get you fired. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Your ass would be out of there so fucking quick. They wouldn't put up with that fucking... What the fuck are you trying to do? Yeah. You don't burn somebody out. You learn to work your positions like a movie. We don't care if you're screaming in the beginning of the movie. I want you screaming at the end of the fucking movie. Yep. Jesus Christ, don't be a fucking mark. <laughs> uh, well, you, he used to, I mean, they had all these territories, right? And each territory had its own flavor. Its own, it had its own oh, style. Yeah. And now everything tries yeah. to just be watered down WWE. I mean, is, what, uh, what, what, what will it get to get people to realize, hey, do something different? No one's going no to come along and knock Vince McMahon off at this point of the game. But no, no. What, what I mean, what will get them to realize? Don't just be a watered down WD. Do your own thing. Be something different. Stand out a little bit, and, and try to well, develop your own flavor. Like, yeah, it's like if you're on WWE, what you do is you stop doing. Uh, when you know when they do all those stupid stunts, somebody's going to eventually die. Mm-hmm. Like Shane doing that stupid shit because Shane he's middle aged. He's not. He ain't no wrestler. Fuck, he just does stupid shit. Yeah. But when you're the boss's kid, you can do stupid shit and make a lot of money. And, you know, and, but how stupid is that when you got a, when you got a, 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 a guy that works in the office, a suit guy going to be competitive against a wrestler. He should get killed every fucking time. And don't even get into me about intergender matches. Anytime a guy against a girl in a goddamn sport, a fucking, uh, uh, a high school guy could beat a goddamn girl Olympian and fucking anything. And you know, oh, I don't even want to get into that shit. <laughs> I, I, I don't even rec- I don't even recognize shit. Oh, they said something. They said, "Oh, did you see that Brian Cage?" I said, "Oh yeah, that big Jack guy that's so fucking impressive looking. He got beat by that girl Tessa Blanchard." Okay. <laughs> On, and no, no, I couldn't. No, I don't want to watch. I ain't gonna watch that shit. There ain't no fucking way. Yeah. Fuck that. Well, have you uh, have you seen the thing recently that I can't remember the guy's name? John Oliver put out. Where he talks about the WWE yeah. and how they treat. What, what's your opinion on that? And, and this all this new surface he talk on unionization and, and different things. And what, what what's, what's Rip Rogers' take on that? Okay, here's the way it's always been. 
Now, years ago, you had the territories. If you did all that shit, the territory would go out of business, okay? Mm-hmm. It costs too much. And as far as fucking unions, fuck you. It's like, oh, the strippers are going to have you. No, we'll hire six girls off the fucking street, and you girls are out. <laughs> That's just the way it goddamn was. Now, when you go into fucking wrestling, you don't give a shit. You know, the, you know that's the way it is. There's never been companies given insurance and all that shit. And the guy, the guy with Cody, and he's going to do the fucking thing, the guy at the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. he's going to do the same thing that goddamn uh, uh, WWE. When Vince had the XFL, in four weeks it was done. How <laughs> yeah. much money are you going to lose? Now, now the shoe's on the other foot. This guy's got, don't know nothing about wrestling. And I saw their roster, and I said, okay. Yeah. Now, I, as one of the boys, I'm always hoping there's more places to work. If the, if uh, if they make it, if Cody's group makes it, good. More places to work. Mm-hmm. If uh, and that means WWE was going to uh, offer you more money and shit because uh, they feel they have to. There's competition all of a sudden. If there's Pepsi and no fucking Coke, you're fucked. If there's Papa John's and no Pizza Hut, there's you're fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have that goddamn, you know, you got to have Popeye's and Colonel Sanders. Right. With this and that. But, uh, uh, the thing about the, uh, you know, when you go in, it ain't ballet, you know, you're going to get hurt. I bought my own insurance all these years and I don't think I ever used it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, oh, go ahead. but you make so much, they, they pay you so much money that you can buy your own goddamn insurance. Yeah, please. Yeah, and you, and you brought up this AEW group and everything. Uh-huh. And this has happened before, right? I mean, when TNA started and all these other groups, and, and when WCW made the run. Uh-huh. Do do you think going in, these guys shouldn't look at they're going to fight with Vince as as far as just look at I'm going to be a competitive number two? Is it they need to think, they need to establish himself as the ABA ignoring the NBA, the AFL ignoring the NFL. Right. Before that was major big baseball with the American League ignoring the National League. You need to get a good goddamn fucking product. Yep. Once you get a, got a, a good goddamn product, you could, uh, you know, it's like years ago, if you was like an ROH, TNA, or whatever, New York wouldn't fucking hire you. New York, I mean WWE. Mm-hmm. Now, now they're using that as a feeder system. You guys go ahead and pay them and get them some matches, and they get used to working in front of TVs and stuff. And then we'll just steal them all. Because hey, let's let's get realistic. It's nobody's job to be a uh, uh, slow pitch softball king. They want to play in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. They don't want to play arena football. They want to play in the NFL. They don't want to play in uh, basketball in China. They want to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And growing up. The thing that's uh, the leader of the goddamn pro wrestling industry is WWE. Love it, hate it, don't matter. The whole thing is they're the goddamn leaders. Your your goal is to be on WWE TV. You don't give a shit about TNA. You don't give a shit about Ring of Honor. And right now you don't give a shit about the new one. They, you know they ain't got the TV and whatever. Yeah. And uh, it's great if you can get your foot in the door and get a paycheck and not have to have a goddamn real fucking job. <laughs> But WWE is the leader. Hell, Honky Tonk had so much fame on there. He still works the goddamn Comic Cons. He still works. He still works on goddamn weekend. Everybody knows who Honky Tonk is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's the way it is because they got such great worldwide exposure. 
Right. And if you go in there, you're looked upon as a real wrestler. <laughs> and they say, oh, what, and you work for who? What channel are they on? <laughs> you know, I don't watch. I I don't watch wrestling on TV. I'll just see something that somebody will send me. Uh-huh. I don't. I haven't watched TV wrestling in years and years and years and years and years. Yeah. So I just. Uh, uh, it's like Bobby. It, 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 it's just not my cup of tea. I'm too old. I ain't changed. It's like Bobby Knight. He don't want to watch the NBA where everybody travels. Everybody pops the ball. They have the Euro step, the jump stop, which is just traveling before. <laughs> you know, he don't. He didn't want to see that. He he don't want to watch that shit. He wants to watch pure basketball. You know. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I'll start going off on something else. <laughs> That's all right. Anyway, what, what, what the hell was we talking? Are we talking about the one guy talking about uh, uh, Vince and the insurance shit, right? Yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. And you make enough money, you can buy your own goddamn fucking insurance, please. Yeah, and and that's the way it is. Yeah, and it, but years, years ago, years ago, hey, and, and when I was a part, when I was owner at an uh, ICW, uh, the boys made more than we made. Mm-hmm. We had to pay for fucking televisions every week. We had to pay for uh, Oak Hill, West Virginia TV, a Johnson City TV, a Hazard TV, a Lexington, a Louisville, an Evansville, a Memphis. Four of them in Southern Illinois TVs. We had to pay for them every week. It's like an infomercial. Then we they ran then we ran towns. Usually two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and two on Friday. Mm-hmm. I remember twice on Saturdays we ran three fucking towns because we had to make money. And in the meantime, vehicles were breaking down. You got ring truck repair. You got uh, your poster bill, your ticket bill, your insurance bill. You had I remember. I mean, this was 40 years ago. We had to draw $13,000 a year. This is a three, four to, uh, three and four to five dollar ticket price. Yeah. We had to draw $13,000 a week to break even. <laughs> and when you're looking at that today, well, hell, that's seven shows. That's $2,000 a week. That's a lot of fucking money, right? Yep. Wow. <laughs> so this shit's hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and and. You've also you've trained guys for years and, and still work with OVW and all this and that. How much do you think of the current issues falls on the training or the lack thereof these guys are getting? And the fact that anybody who seems like they've stepped in the ring and had a, a quote-unquote match feels like they can just be a trainer now and train the next, the next wave of guys. How well, much falls back on that? Well, okay, now really, there's no qualification to be a pro wrestler, is there? Mm, no. They basically want their... Uh, if you have to do a physical, and if you have to uh, uh, buy your license, and that's it. Yeah. You don't even have to be in a ring before. If you know somebody, they can get you in. Oh, I know this guy. He put some phony shit down or whatever. I remember when I was in South Africa, we had to try out before a bunch of shooters to go shoot with a bunch of people to see if we knew how to wrestle. Mm-hmm. I just think WWE, they're taking – like they got if they got new uh, TV in China, they got new TV in uh, fucking India, whatever. That means they got to have the Indian wrestlers. They got to have the fucking uh, uh, the Chinese wrestlers, right? Mm-hmm. And they're fucking rotten. But you just can't keep going. Uh, after a couple times, the new wears off. Yeah, that's like they went to Mexico. They go into England. The first they go to these places the first time, it'll draw and be a WWE. Then they need some local goddamn flavor. Mm-hmm. Got to have some locals in there. So the bad, the bad part about it, the sad part about it, you compare it to like pro football. You don't have the Colts and they got six quarterbacks on the team, do you? 
No. That's like, that's like, here's your roster. Well, we need so many Mexicans, so many Puerto Ricans, so many Englishmen, so many Germans, so many uh, uh, Orientals, so many uh, Pakistanians or whatever you want to call the shit. You can't call anybody anything anymore. Uh, so many all-American white boys, so many uh, uh, Afro-Americans, so many whatever, this, that, blah, blah, blah. And and there's your roster. Uh, it doesn't matter that you're the fucking uh, uh, fifth best uh, Puerto Rican because we're only uh, uh, we're only keeping four, but we're keeping eight of this other group because they got a bigger uh, uh, bigger TV audience over there. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So nobody, nobody said life ain't fair. Nobody said life's fair. But yep. now they fixed it so they can take athletes, and they made it so you don't really have to do promos, do you? Right, yeah. Okay, where we used to have to do, okay, okay, do a promo. Uh, you against Lawler, uh, Tuesday night in Louisville, the guards. Okay, boom, you shoot that one. Then me against Dick the Bruiser in a, in a cage match in Saturday in Indianapolis. Boom. Then you go, okay, me against fucking superstar Bill Dundee at Evansville Wednesday night in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Boom. Thursday, then you're in uh, goddamn Lexington against half and fuck, Handsome Jimmy in a no-DQ match. Boom. You do your promo, right? You right. know how to do all that shit. Now they do one generic promo on fucking Raw or whatever, and it's goddamn scripted. Some fucking actor <laughs> writes a pitch for you. So you don't, all you got to do is memorize this. Now you got these goddamn agents telling you, scripting you a fucking match. And I teach guys to goddamn work for, I've had guys work for over two-hour matches, non-scripted matches that make fucking sense. <laughs> and that's the way I fucking teach. When I say, okay, we're having matches today. Okay, we're up to 30 minutes now. You against two, you're a baby face, you're a heel, shut the fuck up and do as he says. Go. Boom. <laughs> That's how you learn. Yeah. And well, and you mentioned you-, you compared it to football, and we're talking about the positions and stuff. What used to – a show was set up a certain way and where, you know, you had – or certain things would happen in the opening match and and, and so on and so forth. And it would build – what now it's just it's just chaotic. It seems like every match is the same. And, and, well, and, and it takes and, away from the main yeah. events and everything else. And that all goes back, Dave. When you open up Raw, usually they're fighting outside the first match, ain't they? Sure, yep. If the big guys are doing it, it's okay. Yep. If the big guys are doing it, it must be okay. Bill Watts had the things, the things you do not do before intermission. Limit your punches. Do not have too many false finishes. Do not touch the referee. There are no ref bumps. Do not fight outside. Do not milk a gimmick. Do not poke anybody in the eyes. All these rules you had, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, then you have, after the first break, you would do this. And then everybody knew what the main event finish was. So nobody, and and you knew what they was going to do as false finishes or high spots. So nobody did them ahead of time. Right. But then you learn. Watch the first match. Whatever they did, don't do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Now you watch the first two matches. Whatever they did, don't do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. This, this, shit, this shit is so fucking simple. They made it hard. Well, there's not even – I mean, is there anything such as, as, as a finisher anymore? Because everybody kicks out of everything. So <laughs> there's not really – Oh, no, that's – okay, now. Whenever I use it to finish, nobody ever got out of it in my life. Yeah. As, as Dick the Bruiser said – uh, when I cover you, I won't cover you unless I'm pinning you. Nobody kicks out on the bruiser. <laughs> right. And your finish holder's the same. Now, if the boss says to do that, 
that's something else. But I've never had one say that. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. But uh, and every play, hey, I was working for goddamn Baba. They gave me a goddamn finish. I said it was twenty minutes long as a fucking rib. I told Joe Gucci, the ref, I said, Joe, goddamn motherfucker, I know how to fucking work. What's the goddamn finish? Big Abuta? Okay, Big Abuta. I got that. I know how to lead up to it. Fuck the other shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're very active on Twitter and everything else. What do you think, what's your take on social media? Is it hurting pro wrestling, the way guys are using it now? Or, I mean, it could be a real good tool, right? I mean, it could be something that could, the modern, you know, it could help, help develop stuff. But are they, are they hurting more, the way they're using it? Well. This sounds stupid. I, I'm, I'm sure as hell. I don't even know how to do an email day. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Mister Technology. And if you ever see my Twitter, you know I've never tagged nobody in my life. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I don't really know how to. I don't mess with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm at Hustler two seven five four. And when somebody wants to get going, if they insult me and say, "Oh, fuck you, old man," I said, oh, "Okay." Yeah, you're cool. If I had a head like you, I'd have it so I can fucking circumcise. <laughs> then I just fucking block them. And I said, well, now your game's over. So I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in this fucking me. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I'm in this sell books, sell fucking OBW, sell fucking class or whatever. If you can keep from getting hurt, that's always a plus. One of the guys in my fucking class, he was fucking crippled. And he fucking killed himself, you know, because he was in a fucking wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Fucking crippled. Cause why? Because he did stupid shit. He did fuck, and another guy, fucking Rook, a little motherfucker, looks, he looks like the American badass Bobby Black from fucking Shelbyville. They should have been goddamn tag partners, <laughs> but he fucking had this big-ass fucking neck surgery, because his fuck, he had, uh, he got fucking paralyzed for a while, and then he had to have this neck surgery, because he's always doing goddamn diving headbutts. Yep. When I, when I do fucking class, I hardly do any fucking bumps at all. It's just to keep in bump, half-ass bump shape. Yep, sure. I said, keep. You've only, you've only got so many bumps on your bump card, then you're done. Yep, right. This guy might wrestle till he's 60. This guy might be done at 28 because he's bumped too much. When is when you're done, you're done. It's like a pitcher with that live arm. Once his arms, once he's he's blown that some bitch out, he's done. Yeah, sure. Can't yeah. help. And there ain't nobody that's God. There ain't nobody that lives forever. There ain't nobody that stays 28 years old. <laughs> this is just the fucking way it is. You got to modify your fucking game. And I said. uh I never seen Dick the Bruiser do no dive. Mad, all these guys that threw money, they never did nothing off the top rope. They gave you intensity and emotion, threatening to beat somebody's ass, and they sold each other. Yep. There was very few false finishes, so that when a, there was a false finish, it meant something. Sure. A big, a big move that does not beat you is not a big move. Right. You're just another fucking guy taking a bunch of fucking bumps that mean fucking nothing. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody, everybody today has. I mean, they're all working wrestling the same style. No one, I mean, no one. You don't have like a you know a power guy that does this certain moves or whatever else. Everybody's doing everything. I mean, you have a seven foot guy that's diving out of the ring like the little you know two hundred pound guy. There's no there's, yeah. no there's no different styles anymore. Well, the thing about that is that's all on the office. Sure, right. I, I would say okay, you guys are doing a chain wrestling match. You guys are doing. I want two high spots, no more. This one's you're doing. Uh, you're doing this now. This one's a lucha match. Do all your stupid shit. Because I'm giving the goddamn different things on the menu. I'm giving them the buffet, right? Sure. Yeah. I get a little bit of everything. Now they're fucking. Now everybody here. Oh, you like brawling? Well, they got that. You like lucha? You got that. You like fucking stupid dives? You got that. But we're only gonna. 
Now I'm not against the fucking dives. I'm against it, not meaning stuff, and yeah. not and 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 we used to do fucking dives. But we might hit a fucking dive and both get counted out, or one get in and one not get in. Right? right. Everything meant something. They're just doing dives just to do fucking dives. That's right. How many goddamn dives and super kicks do I have to fucking look at? Yep. I re- I remember. I, I think it was. I don't know. Probably eighty five, eighty six, something. Or, I don't even know when it was. Watching a uh, world championship wrestling on Saturday night. I remember Ricky Morton doing a dive. I, they're in the studio, and it blew my mind at that time because no one did. You know, you never saw that. You know, you didn't see it all the time. Yeah, we, and it was it was unreal. Yeah. In, in in ICW, we had Pez do one knee in the studio, and Pez was big. He was yeah. about two fifty five at the time. Yeah, a coordinator's held diving, and we slow moed that motherfucker, right? Sure. And it was on the intro of our show, so every fucking show they seen that. Yeah. Now you never had to do it in the fucking house show because they knew it could happen. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When they're doing like twenty. I told Rob, that's like I told Brock when he did that fucking uh, uh, whatever that fucking flip he did at WrestleMania uh, years ago on Brokey. Yeah. I said, you do that one time in one big match, you'll never have to do it again. Yep. He said, yep. he was doing it every day in goddamn practice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he could hit it all the fucking time. I said, I know. I said, you're hurting your body. And the thing about it is, Brock, that's not you. You're yep. a fucking killer. Yep. Jesus Christ, I'm scared to death of you. Yep. And if you're doing that, they're fucking doing fucking lucha shit and flips like a little guy all of a sudden i ain't scared at you anymore yep frank frankenstein don't talk Ugh. you know what i mean and <laughs> yeah. frankenstein drags along and he's a fucking giant in slow motion yep you i mean andre could wrestle but you want him to work like a goddamn giant big show you want him to work like a giant yep remember well, that, matt morgan hell he was uh-huh. six foot nine uh-huh. yep He'd wear those gimmick boots. He's seven foot. Didn't even work like he weighed one sixty. I said, Matt, you can't fucking do that. Well, right. I can show him I can fucking wrestle. I said, No, you're a giant, and, and you can't beat nobody. That don't mean nothing. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. And that's. I said, I, I didn't establish the way wrestling is. This is the way you do it. Sure. You can change all this shit. It ain't broke. Yep. The wheel ain't fucking broke. The bicycle ain't broke. This is what fucking works. Mountain Dew works. Colonel Sanders works. Wrestling works. People are still the goddamn same. If you give them the old shit, they will buy it. Just sell each other. Yep. That's you mentioned Brock Lesnar. I mean, right now he he to me is such a throwback because that's what he does. He works that that monster style. He just goes in there and, and he right. throws people around. He doesn't speak. He has Paul Heyman talking for him. You know, and and he just stands there and it stares at the camera. I mean, he's such, to me such a throwback and and you know and right. works that style so. And, and he works. He makes more money than anybody, don't he? <laughs> yeah. On limited dates because Vince <laughs> knows that nobody else has got his background, and they believe in him. Yep. That's right. Yeah. It's it's what kills me. They always bring these guys back to do these spots and everything else because they're not drawing, not drawing, and but yet they don't seem to fix kind of some of the root problems they got going on. I don't know. It just doesn't make well, sense. Well, you, you got to remember. Now, now, years ago, Dave, uh, WWE would run three shows a night. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys might work 21 days in a row, okay? Sure. But they had your A show, your B show. It'd be like Hogan being the main event, and maybe Intercontinental title would be in the, uh, in the B town. The C town, you might have a tag team and an angle gimmick, right? Yeah. And this is just when he was having squash matches on TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody drew, and everybody worked hard, and... Uh, but now they only run eight shows a week. Yeah, from twenty-one. 
And but the thing about it is, they got such a good TV de- deal mm-hmm. of getting guaranteed money, right? That they don't really give a shit about the fucking house shows. Yeah, that's true. Because and and just think of the fucking house shows. If they got if they got twelve hundred dollars, if they got twelve hundred tickets sold, they know they're going to have twelve hundred walk-ins. About twenty four hundred, right? Mm-hmm. They might give ten thousand tickets away on the radio the last day. You know what I mean? Because everybody there's going to buy fifty dollars worth of gimmicks anyway. <laughs> and if sure. it's on TV, they got to gimmick their cameras or do the cover-up thing so you don't see the empty seats and all that shit. You know. Yep. But they, then again, again, they punish you for uh, going to TV because you got to be there for goddamn seven fucking hours <laughs> on a school night and a goddamn work night, right? Yeah. Fuck you! I ain't never taking my kids back to this shit. So yeah. like they run Indianapolis, they do TV. The next show, they know they go to the small building because they killed the town from last time. Mm-hmm. And they have a normal show, of, uh, you know, two and a half, three hours, whatever, and uh, uh, and then they're ready for TV again the next year because they only hell they used to run Indianapolis once a month, all the big markets for once a month, right? Mm-hmm. Now they go twice twice a year, and if it's a big enough market, they'll do TV there one. Yep, one one TV which kills the town. Then they'll have a shitty a shitty show and then get ready for the thing the next time. <laughs> So, you, know, you know, I told you I'd fucking ramble and start going on, and you don't know where to fucking go. That's all right. That's all right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up, Rip. We'll let, you go, we'll let you go eat. You said your stomach was rumbling. But, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll let you get it. Everybody out there, make sure you follow Rip uh, on Twitter. As he said, it was, it's at, at Hustler2754. What's that? Yeah, and don't, hey, if you get that book from goddamn Amazon, or you go down to fucking uh, – uh, uh, see more brewing company on Second Street. Good that's old right. Sean Malone, pick up a goddamn book right there. That's right. Yeah. And so it don't get, it don't get me, it'll get me fucking better than that. Jesus that's, Christ. No, that's right. And if, Hell yeah. If you're listening to this show, there's some show notes. I'll put the link, the Amazon link there, straight to Rip's book. So if, if you if you don't own a copy, uh, like you said, if you're not in the area, click that link here and and go and order a copy. Uh, the book on pro wrestling lessons from Rip Rogers. Uh, Rip, thanks for coming on. And talking with us, we'll have to have you on again, and we'll we'll talk more again, and we'll, we'll get down the road, and, and 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 let you let you ramble some more. We didn't even say shit today, did we? We were just nah, bullshit. That's right. That's 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 what, that's what we do, right? That's that's what it's all about. <laughs> okay, Dave. Well, thanks for having me. Y'all yeah. have a good day. Yeah, you See too, ya. Rip. Thank yep. You. See ya. All right. Bye bye. Support all of the podcasts here on the Dynasty Wrestling Podcast Network. The best way to do that is go to our Pro Wrestling Tees store. It is at ProWrestlingTees.com slash The Dave Dynasty. There you will find all of the shirts that we offer. I Heart Old School Wrestling, Bruiser Buddy, the Podcast Mass shirt, and of course, the official shirts for the Ontario Wild Man and the Ring and Ding Dong Dandy podcast. Visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash The Dave Dynasty, order a shirt, and support the network. If you would also like to support, you can join our Patreon. It's at Patreon.com slash Dave Dynasty. There, you will get exclusive audio and video clips, early releases on podcasts, and much, much more. And if you would just like to make one-time contributions to support us, you can go to paypal.me slash the Dave Dynasty. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening. Continue to support independent wrestling podcasts. All right, there you have it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wrestling Nostalgia with Dave Dynasty. And thank you for being patient with us. Like I said, uh, lots going on, caused some delays. But as a thank you and an early Christmas present, we gave you this triple shot of episodes today with three great interviews. We hope you enjoyed them. 
And we hope you tune in next week to another free episode of Wrestling Nostalgia with Dave Dynasty. Until then, be good, be safe, and keep on growing.